welcome back to week 21 of Three Guys Slowly Go Insane, talking about a sport that is currently not in season. I'm Nathan Santos, joined by Kevin Garber. Yep, made it. And Eric Ronnebeck. Going sane? No, going insane. Oh, I was going to say. Yeah. Got, got no brain? Yeah. Insane That's in the membrane? Fact. No, so Losing uh, our mind. You could hear the excitement in Kevin's voice. He sounded like he sounds when uh, you kick him in the leg on accident, and he's like not happy about it, but he can't be mad because he actually knows it's an accident. I would say that is what football has done to me, the equivalent. It's like, oh, we didn't mean to not have any interesting stuff for you to talk about. It just kind of happened this way. Sorry, bruh. All right, so let's talk about uh, the week in Seahawks news. Here we go. So, biggest Seahawks story of the week. According to Reddit, Vernon Davis still taunted by Cam Chancellor's devastating 2012 hit. Is this the best clean hit in NFL history? Your thoughts? Oh, it's up there. It's got to be up there. If it's if that's not it, I would say the Cam Chancellor hit on uh, the Denver receiver that started off the Super Bowl. Oh my gosh, the hit! Well, who, on, am I, uh, who am I? Julian Thomas. Yes. No. No. Julian Thomas. No, it wasn't the tight end. It was. Oh, was it uh, the other Thomas? Come on, Nathan. Big wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. Demarius Thomas? Demarius Thomas. Oh, he's actually like the only player who actually did anything in that game. Yeah, and he also separated his shoulder on that hit that got him knocked back four yards. So, yeah, one of those two. <laughs> all right. Uh, that was just the the uh, starter. The NFL.com power ranked all of the head coaches in the NFL. I know you guys didn't see this. So, where I saw think- it and did not click on it. Okay. I saw, okay. So, wh- where do you think they ranked Pete Carroll? Uh, top three somewhere. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go strong two. He was number two. Right. Okay, behind, right behind Hoodie? Right behind the Hoodie. I'm fine with that. Ahead of, who's number three? Ahead of the insipid Mike McCarthy, <laughs> who I hate so much. is part of why I brought this up. And then uh, Mike Tomlin, who is someone I think is competitive. I like this. how they have the worst picture of... Uh, Every single one of these people? Of Mike Tomlin, though. Yeah. Mike Tomlin's like a handsome man. I think that's that is a, a terrible picture. They put when Ron I think Rivera of Mike Tomlin, I think of him yelling at someone. They put Ron Rivera in the top ten. They should just burn this list to the ground. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, that, that I just think that... It's, it's cool to see uh, our coach get respect. They've built a great Wait, culture. Was that Chuck Strong just outside of the top ten? No. That's Bruce Arians. Okay. It's seven. No. Chuck Pagano should be about 28th. All right. So they uh, – no, they – I don't know. I could go back, but I'm not going to. <laughs> that's actually, <laughs> we, that's we move forward in this podcast. No, but I just think it's good to see that the, the front office get the respect they deserve for building a great culture in Seattle. I mean, at the bare minimum – the they turned uh what was a pretty bad culture into a pretty great one uh with the whole you know like every day has a theme and all all of that stuff that that stuff is really it it's corny but it's worked you know they talk about when you make a coaching hire this is really popularly discussed in college but in the NFL holds true too people have a tendency to go oh we had this kind of coach it didn't work out we need the exact opposite kind of coach and oftentimes they end up making a uh, lower quality hiring for that reason. This is one of those times where they said, okay, we have a coach in Jim Moore that did not connect with his players. We had a front office with Ruskell that did not connect with the players, was kind of openly hostile towards just about everybody. And they switched to a very open group in the form of the Seahawks, very inviting, sneaky closed but, you know, they're outwardly very open in the way they do things, very player-friendly. It's, it's the polar opposite, and it's worked so well. It's one of those things where it, it's on its face it seems very p- player-friendly, but 
the way that they let them all the players compete for their jobs and they say like it's all based on competition is actually like it's kind of unfriendly to the established players if someone comes in and beats them, right? Right. So so it's both friendly and unfriendly, but I think the players respect it because they're in here. It's a, it makes it into a business. You're in here to do your job. If you're the best at your job, you'll get to do your job. Yeah. Like it's not. It's it's less of the whole like political like. You're not getting uh, dicked around. Right. There's nothing about that. Like Michael Bennett knows what to expect from the other coaches. There's a a really cool thing that I believe it's on NFL Films. NFL's greatest games, and it's not just the game. It's a 90-minute special on one game. They have these... <clears throat> they basically, they show you the important parts of the game. They interview players during the game. And they go over the Beastquake run playoff game against the Saints. And it starts by, you know, talking how the Saints had become, you know, back to... Uh, or not back to... They had become relevant uh, with their Super Bowl victory. But with the Seahawks, it was like, this is a team. And it kind of went over the Jim Mora era. Uh, the, the brief Jim Moore era and over the Mike Holmgren era and how they were team rebuilding and how in Pete Carroll's first year it, it interviewed Ma- Matthew Hasselbeck and he says, you know, yeah, and Pete Carroll's first day, he's basically saying, uh, he's really excited. He's really passionate. He's smiling, but he says, you know, every single person in this room is going to have to compete right now. None of you have jobs and you're all going to have to compete for your job. And this is what we're going to do. And everyone is just looking around the room like, who is this guy? This isn't going to stick. And I won't go into the whole thing, but it's if you can find it, if you can find it online somewhere or uh, check your cable providers for the next seven years, it's fast. <laughs> no, it's it's honestly fascinating to watch because it interviews Pete Carroll. It interviews... It is a great watch. Yeah, and it's players on the other team talking about Marshawn Lynch. And you get the rare well, Marshawn Lynch interview talking about the Beast Quake. And this maybe is part of the reason that we turned over 90% of the roster when Pete yeah. got here is that... If you're gonna really create that culture, you got to start from scratch. You can't you can't have a bunch of guys who have already been established in this old kind of bad culture and try to integrate them into your new better culture. Uh, the other thing I'll add to this is um, when you're thinking about Pete Carroll, he talked about how after his experience uh, getting fired in the NFL, he felt like he hadn't done things his way, and he wanted to make sure that that was never going to be the case again. And USC was kind of the testing ground for it, but this is where it really came through. Yep. All right. So we like Pete Carroll. That's the sum of that <laughs> that conversation. All right. Uh, another top-rated article from this week: Kicker is the Seahawks' biggest roster concern. So, how concerned are you with kickers, and who do you think will be our starting kicker on opening day? I want to link back to our last topic. Um, that was one thing that I wanted to bring up. If you think about what's the lasting memory of Jim Mora throwing Alindo Mare under the bus after he had a pretty good game and missed a field goal at the end, he was like four for five in the game on field goals. You take Hauschka, who had that terrible kicking game in Arizona last year, and what was Pete Carroll's response? Well, you know, we don't have to kick in Arizona again this year, so it's not like it really matters that much. <laughs> That's a textbook example of the difference, but yes, the kicking game worries me. Is that your is Orlando Mare your pick to be our kicker this year, Kevin? Uh, no. Yeah, I uh, I, our opening day kicker, we signed Blair Walsh. I think Blair Walsh makes the team. It may not be the the fancy pick or the sexy pick everyone wants, but I don't know. It's it's a kicking game. I think we'll be fine. I think we will be frustrated, but not a lot. I think we'll pick up another person who ends up getting cut, yeah, I was gonna and say, they're right, going to compete it out. Right now, Blair Walsh is the only kicker on the Seahawks roster. That that being said, that doesn't mean he ends up as the opening day kicker, especially if he comes out in the preseason and kicks like garbage. That's He's going to have to earn his job. 
that is a position kicking, where you can just bring kick, a guy in. Kicking is one of those things, though, where it's weird. Like, guys lose it, and they get it back, and then they lose it again. It's like being a closer it, in baseball. It's And it, it's not always, it doesn't always make perfect sense. You know, you wonder, like, why is the guy in a slump? Why, why, like, Oskowski kicked pretty bad for a big stretch of last year. But if he, if, when, if he gets it back, I mean, he was the best kicker in the league before that. So, I mean, if he gets it back, he gets it back. And if he doesn't, then they'll move on, and maybe he'll land in another spot, and he'll revitalize his career like other guys have done. Other guys have lost it on one team and then went back to another team and then gone on to play 10 more years on the next team. Very just, rarely do kickers stick around with one team. Yeah, and, it, and they just yeah. they, they, they'll, they'll flame out on one team because they'll have like a bad stretch. And it's one of those things, too, where you've got to be perfect all the time. And a bunch of little things can make you miss like four kicks in a row and all of a sudden you suck. But did you really ever suck? Or are you the same as you always were? Is it meant? Is it a mental thing? Like there's so Kicking's weird. And uh, so I, I, uh, I expect us to, yeah, bring in a kicker to compete with Blair Walsh through the preseason. And I'm, I would hope that Blair Walsh wins that job because he has been a very good NFL kicker in the past. Um, do, do you guys know of Blair Walsh's like stats? I mean, he was he was better than Hauschka for some complete seasons. Oh yeah, he was uh, well over eighty percent uh, accuracy for a few seasons in a row before he had two bad ones back to back. I mean, twenty fifteen, he was that's only two years ago. He made eighty seven point two percent of his of his field goals. It's pretty good. In his rookie year, he made ninety two percent of his field goals. And he made ten for ten from fifty plus. I mean, the guy he went eight for six from fifty plus two years ago. I I think that you know that there's a there's a perception out here that this guy's really bad. And yeah, he missed four extra points last year, which is pretty awful. Hauschka missed a lot of extra points last year too, though. And Hauschka was making three million dollars. So well, also Walsh, that's the big difference. We in Seattle have the uh, the we're fortunate enough to remember his their Walsh's biggest failure because it was against us and it helped win us a playoff game. Uh, having said that, that's probably a reason why he was so bad in Minnesota last year because it was you know coming off of that awful kick, and uh, I don't know. I think it'll probably work for us, and unless like you said, he kicks like garbage in the preseason. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. I think Blair Walsh is going to be a, a good NFL kicker for the Seahawks, and I wouldn't worry about it too much. I uh, think either he'll be fine or someone else will be here because either he'll be good or he'll be shaky and it'll be all over him. All right, uh, this question is going to be, you're going to need time to think. So they made an, a list of NFL.com. They made a list of the most feared positional groups in the NFL, and the Seahawks safeties came in at number seven. And this question is not about the Seahawks safeties, because I, I agree that's a pretty fair ranking in terms of positional groups. You know, Like maybe I wouldn't want to play against uh, some, some team's uh, cornerbacks or like, you know, they put Denver Broncos cornerbacks, which is, I would agree, Houston Texans pass rushers. That seems pretty metal. Uh, Dallas Cowboys offensive line. What is your most feared NFL positional group? That's a question I want you to think about. And I, uh, I'm going, I'm going to start us off. And I'm going to start us off with one that is, uh, maybe a little more, uh, what's up that? What's the best way to put this? Uh, off grid? I don't know. I think New England. I, I don't know how to put this. They're wide receivers, uh, running, back, running backs, people who catch passes for New England. Like it doesn't really matter. They have such a wide array of guys that can line up on all different parts of the field, and uh, they they do it. And that I think the Seahawks are trying to build a similar thing here. And this is where I'm going with this: is that they they have all these guys that they can line up in the slot, they can line up on the outside, they can line up in the backfield. Like you don't know where these guys are going to come out and line up, and then it makes the defense scattered when when the play is going to go off, and it leaves openings for short passes. The Seahawks seem to be trying to build a similar type of versatile. 
uh, pass catchers that can line up in the, both in the backfield and out wide in the slot and on the outside. So I think that, you know, we are sort of trying to emulate this success. And that is one of my, I think, like most fear, fear inducing, uh, positional groups. Kevin, do you have one in mind now? Uh, what you said made me think of a different thing. Do you remember when the Steelers had Heinz Ward and Antoine Randall L? And you had this weird thing where on any play, you didn't know who was going to get the ball and whether they were going to be passing it, running it. They had these jet sweep pass plays and these weird like flea flicker things. Uh And the ball could literally come out of anywhere in the entire team. And it was a huge threat all the time. So that's what your New England comment makes me think of. And I agree that's very dangerous. As far as positional groups in the NFL to fear. You could pick one of the ones I mentioned earlier, too. Like yeah, those were, there were some good ones. I, I mean, I, I kind of threw a couple of the good ones out there. Um, I think that New England pick was really good, and if I was going somewhere stealthy, that's where I would have likely gone. But I'm going to... The Seattle Seahawks quarterbacking position. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I think that a, team to, a thing to look at is the Tennessee... Titans ground game. Yeah, their offensive line. Their offensive line, yeah. their running backs, their tight end, their it's, quarterback, all the, of which are part of the run game. It's another one of those situations. They're basically running like an option on every play. And, the, and that line will just ram it down your yeah, throat. That offensive line is, is the best or second best offensive line in the league. I, they There's a chance they have passed Dallas even. They're so good. And they're so underrated. Were they even on that top 10 list? No. I doubt it. I don't think so. I didn't. I didn't look at it very close. I just went looked at where the Seahawks were, and that's it. Uh, and uh, looked at what kind of what was directly above us. Rams. Rams. Uh, pass rushers were on there. That's two a years couple ago. years ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Eric. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna go in the box here. I'm not going out of the box at all. I'm gonna say Green Bay Packers passing game, mostly yeah. Aaron Rodgers, and I say that because every year we talk about, you know, the Packers aren't doing so well. Oh, the Packers are getting better. Ooh, Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP. And it's just one of those things where anytime Aaron Rodgers can determine the outcome of a game and it's affecting me in a bad way, either, you know. What's crazy is this year they finally, like, added some Martellus legitimate, Bennett, legitimate weapons to the Richard oh. Rodgers and Martellus Bennett, like, and Lance Kendricks. Like, they have three serviceable NFL tight ends and one real good one. And to add to, like, Jordy Nelson, fully healthy, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, like, you're right. Like Aaron Rodgers makes all those guys good, and they seem like they're improving the weapons around him. Well, and look when he didn't have Jordy formidable. Nelson, he was still really dangerous. And I, yeah, even though those receivers yeah, suck, yeah, Tom Brady oh. is Tom Brady is great and all, but I I don't fear him like I fear Aaron Rodgers. Nope. And ask the ask the Detroit Lions. they running back, so uh, there there's gonna have, there's gonna be issues. <laughs> um, all right, then uh, that is. Uh, <laughs> I really don't feel strongly about any other Seahawks story from this week. The uh, Bennett brothers read the BET awards. Was that good job? They 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 want they yeah they got an award for doing charity, which is awesome. Good good, good for, for them. them. I think the Bennett brothers are one of the best things in the NFL right now. They yep. are the voice the NFL doesn't want but has to have anyway. There was more articles about Cassius Marsh playing Magic the Gathering. Yep, uh, which was cool. I mean, we hit that last week. Cool, though, so it is cool. Cassius Marsh is a nerd. Uh, all right. <laughs> Uh, let's, so let's get inside. Oh, how about the car contract? Do we want to hit that real quick for the NFL? Oh, we're there. We're, we're going to do it. Don't worry. All right. Got there. Um, so NFL. NFL news. Biggest story of the of the week. Five-year, $125 million extension for 
Derek Carr. I think this is the worst contract extension since the Flacco extension. And I'm more than willing to go there. Uh, I think Oakland overperformed last year a little bit. Uh, They were fortunate to have as good a record as they had. They won a lot of close games. And uh, Derek Carr, his his stat lines are are not as impressive as I would have thought they would be, considering how much they won last year and how, how bad their run game... The reputation of their run game is. Um, I am not. I do not think he is is a five years, one hundred and twenty five million dollars good. Um, I expect a significant regression from their offense unless Marshawn Lynch is able to kind of balance it out a little bit. Um, he has a he has very talented wide receivers to work with too, which I think is helping him. Uh, so I don't. I, I understand how the NFL works. You got to pay your quarterback, even if you think like he's like the fifteenth best quarterback, because someone else will overpay him, and you then you'll just have no quarterback. So I understand why they did it. I just think that five years from now they might look back at this and they'll have two playoff appearances and be like, "Dang, we probably shouldn't have done that." Which is exactly what's happened in Baltimore. They've made the playoffs one time out of four years since they signed Joe Flacco to that extension and won a Super Bowl. <laughs> they won the Super Bowl before they. They they signed resigned him. They signed him after that. Oh, I thought they signed him after the first Super Bowl was the contract you're talking about. Uh, the Joe Flacco extension. Here, I can look it up while you talk. Go ahead, Kevin. So, five years, one twenty five. I think that Derek Carr is a top ten quarterback in the NFL, and that's what top ten quarterbacks in the NFL get paid. I, I, I think he's shade out of it. Like I can, I think there's ten, 10 quarterbacks who are I would rather have than than Joe Flacco. I'm, David, David I'm Carr, Joe Flacco. I'm sorry, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. I think he's like in the similar like Joe Flacco, like just outside the the top ten tier with like those guys. I'm with Kevin. I I'd say he's a top ten quarterback. I don't know what what's the guaranteed money on this. Do we know? He's uh, a quarterback, so all of it. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot. Yeah, it's hard with quarterbacks because you kind of have to pay them a lot. Even he's the highest crummy. paid player in NFL history. Or yeah. you're getting into uh, Drew Brees perpetual. Uh, Push it down the road territory. That's yeah. the other thing you can do. Well, and I, I feel like they had to give him a contract extension, and they had to make it big. This is too big, and it it really sucks for contract extensions going forward. Um, I don't know, man. Is it worth it? He's probably not as good as the contract. I think he did overperform a the little. The contract was after the 2013 Super Bowl win. Okay. Yeah, the second one. So yeah. it's 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 man, it's a lot of money. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. It makes him the highest paid quarterback, right? He's the highest paid player, player in NFL history. Right. Nobody makes more money than Derek Carr. The Raiders are looking at the direction that contracts are going. So the way they end up looking terrible is if contracts don't go that way. Because if you look, the extensions have been getting pretty big. I mean, there are terrible players. Like, Brock Osweiler's making in the mid-teens. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the problem I have with that statement, Kevin. Okay, so you're saying like they're paying him based on what he could make in three years. Okay, but they also have the option of just not doing that, franchising him next year, franchising him the year after that. He would still make less money than he would make in all five years of this contract. Ask Washington how that's going. Yeah, but Kirk Cousins is also in this tier of like guys who are not in the top 10. And I don't, if they paid Kirk Cousins five years, $125 million, I think that would be the worst contract in NFL history. It's worse than this one because at least Derek Carr's younger and has room to grow as a player. Like that's the, pro- that is like, that would, it's hard it's, to find a winning quarterback right now, and people are overpaying for them. Yeah, I think that's a big overpay, and because I, I think that I think the players you just named are top ten quarterbacks. That's how shallow the talent pool is. Uh, uh, 
I don't know, man. Like, here's the thing. He's just raised the franchise quarterback, Fino. I mean, it's going to be an average. Did, I'm glad Russ already did, has his contract. Did that's he, though? Like, like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, like, who is going to get the next big contract? Like, that's the thing. Aaron Rodgers will Andrew because Lux. There, was a, there was a quarterback who got an extension last year, and someone asked Aaron Rodgers, you know, if someone – it's someone in the division. I want to say it was a Chicago quarterback, and they said if, you know, he's worth this much, what do you think you're worth? And he's like, I think it's time for a contract extension. And – I, I think that's fair, especially with all that money going around. Well, they could just roll his money in for being offensive coordinator and head coach too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, Amen. Amen. I'm not. I'm just unsure about the trajectory of Derek Carr. Like, I think he tops out at like as like the tenth best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he'll ever have like a Drew Brees season or like a Tom Brady season or anything or Aaron Rodgers. I just I don't. He'll never make it. That's hard to say because five years into Drew Brees' career, we didn't know if Drew Brees would have a Drew Brees season. Okay, like he had a. Uh, he had some good years early on. He did not have, uh, until the year they drafted Rivers, he didn't have that, like, exceptional year. He almost went to Miami. Don't forget that. I mean, the, I don't know. Like, he's, maybe, uh, to uh, some extent, like, his, his first good year was his age 25 year, which was, like, the same, which was that last year for, for Derek Carr. And so maybe, yeah, maybe at age 27, Derek Carr will jump up to 4,400 yards like Breeze did. I don't know. I just don't. I don't think you count on that. I agree I don't, with the point you're making. I don't see it. <laughs> like, I think Carr is good, just not the best. I and he's I, getting paid like he's the best. It, I think a top me. five quarterback now is not as good as a top five quarterback was ten years ago. I think that's something to consider. It's less important to have a top five No, I don't think there's as many of them. Oh, you just think that the talent the pool talent is shallower? The talent pool is shallow right now. We are in a lull for great quarterbacks I mean, in the NFL. I think we just picked up a guy who probably is going to be in the top ten, though, for most of his career with Dak Prescott. And maybe we get another guy this year. I don't think Dak Prescott's better than Carr now. I don't know, man. Dak Prescott's stats last year are pretty insane. Like uh, Dak Prescott like, wasn't started, being asked to carry an offense. I did a, a deep dive on it, and I understand that. Like his offense produced <laughs> twenty two hundred yards on the ground, which is pretty great, and not a lot of it was was him. But I mean, his his personal stat line: twenty three touchdowns, four interceptions, throwing for thirty six hundred yards, I agree. averaging nine yards an attempt. Like he played very well within his, the system. That was a good year, a very good 68% year. Sixty eight percent or 67.8% completion percentage is almost 5% better than any year Carr's had in his career, and he's had three years to do it. Like, the upside for Dak is is huge. Like, he could be among the best, you know, like like Donovan McNabb at his peak or whatever, where we're talking about yeah. him in the mix for one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, he, uh, he, uh, he has very, very, very solid top five potential. And I know... Like I think there's a ceiling on Derek Carr. That's all I'm saying. And like maybe that maybe I just want to throw some water on it. Like, but I think that like, ceiling because like, I think Carr, like people get excited. Like they're like Oakland's gonna be the best next year, and they they locked up Derek Carr forever. And it's like cool, but maybe throw some water on that because they kind of overperformed last year. And Derek Carr's best season is still like from a statistical perspective, it's good, but it's not like that impressive. Yeah, he has like, like Matt Ryan trajectory. It's like a game manager. It's like game manager plus stats. It's it's not like. Oh man, he threw for forty touchdowns, or he he ripped off sixty eight percent of his passes. Like it's like no, he threw sixty three percent, just a shade over sixty, and he didn't throw any interceptions. Like he was very good, but I well, he was not like elite. Yeah, he'll be like the eighth best quarterback in the NFL perpetually. Yeah, yeah I think he'll no, be I, I around tenth, and that's not, that's the kind of water I'm trying to throw on it. Is that like right now? I think like he's in like the ten to fifteen range, and then maybe two years, three years from now, when some of these older quarterbacks really fall off, like Ben Roethlisberger and stuff, he'll pass those guys. And then he'll be, you know, yeah, like in the bottom of the top ten. Maybe, maybe he gets to a Super Bowl like Matt Ryan did. Matt Ryan definitely impressed me last year and showed me that guys can have growth even when you don't really expect it. 
Yeah. Uh, like, he probably hit, he's probably knocking on the top five right now, but that's not a place he can live, Matt no. Ryan. I would expect him to fall off, but he gets, he gets to play with Julio Jones, so. That's best, good. Best well, something clicked makes, for him last year, too. Better. I mean, Matt yeah, Ryan Julio for. Julio Jones didn't click, as in his bones didn't click together and break, yeah, which that is could why be he had it, a really. much better year. I mean, Matt Ryan, every year I'd like to make fun of him, and. By the way, Last feel, shut me up. feel free to criticize my uh, my take on Derek Carr in any comment form you would like. Uh, address me personally, Nathan, and I will I will try to argue with statistics. And when I show you a blind stat line, and you have to pick which one's Derek Carr and which one's Colin Kaepernick, and then you realize the better one's Kaepernick, you're going to be like, "Oh man, really? This is not good." <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say. That that was part of when I went like, "Oh, maybe maybe I need to just like." pump the brakes on Derek Carr's the next Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> the next Aaron Rodgers, I agree. Anyone saying that is like the take is too hot. Now, here's the thing though. Derek Carr got respect for you because he said, what are you going to splurge on with your $125 million contract? And he responded, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is delicious. Good call. Even though you're, <laughs> even though their politics are bad, their chicken is good. And I, I eat it from time to time. And <laughs> if he goes grilled, then that's not, a terrible health option as far as uh, don't just NFL go. offseason. Nope, just go with the right the chicken sandwich. Get those waffle fries. You know the straight up chicken sandwich is the way to maybe go. If the, you're ordering anything else, you're just getting fancy for no reason. Maybe he uh, maybe he's going to go ahead and uh, look like Jamarcus Russell by the beginning of next season. One can only okay. hope. But speaking of Jamarcus Russell, NFL Derek, left tackle Jamarcus Russell, Derek Carr, because of this contract, is now the highest played player in Raiders history, surpassing Jamarcus Russell. Maybe that's why. Yeah, that's, that's they're like this is a bad contract. The whole but reason why they did it. this whole other stain on the franchise. Well, I mean, Carr is the highest player in NFL history, so we could say that about any two players. We just Nathan, this one is just more interesting. You know, my favorite thing. Uh, one of the lines right after he signed the contract, there was a headline I saw that was, "Oakland Raiders find first franchise quarterback since Rich Gannon." Rich Gannon was not really a franchise quarterback. He had like I think he had like three good years. He was less a franchise quarterback than Matt Hasselbeck was. Matt Hasselbeck was barely. Yeah, but they got to was, the Super he Bowl. He was the quarterback Rich of a franchise. But here's I don't the know thing. if he was a franchise that, quarterback. That one Rich Gannon season. Oh my though, god, it was really good. It was like, insane. It, like I look back at the stats sometime and I'm just like, how did this happen? How did Rich Gannon throw for almost 4,700 yards? I don't know. It's just bizarre because like there's nothing in his prior stats that would make you think he was going to make that kind of leap. And then, and then he you plummeted realize, back to and the then, earth. And then he plummeted back to the earth. And you realize there was a guy that was helping him out for those two years. And it's a guy I hate to watch on TV. It's John Gruden. And maybe John Gruden can coach a quarterback. And like that's kind of what I think is that he hooked up with Gruden and something just clicked. They Gruden's got, a they, good quarterback They coach. got each other and Gruden understood how to use Gannon and they, they got they – got, they did work together. He's like uh, insufferable Andy Reid. <laughs> insufferable Andy Reid. Uh, uh, you know, when you brought up Jamarcus M- Russell, I thought you were going to go uh, with the big Vince Young story that broke. You know oh. what I'm talking about, Nathan? Oh, Vince Young's like mad because he thinks that Ryan Fitzpatrick sucks? Yes. <laughs> Why is Ryan Fitzpatrick playing and I'm not? Well, because you're lazy. Man. Sorry, Vince Young. You're so bad that Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than you. <laughs> That's All right. true. It's uh, a sad reality. Byron Leftwich is the Arizona Cardinals quarterback coach. Yep. He was picked six picks behind his current quarterback, Carson Palmer. Yep. This is my favorite NFL fact right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, It's so good. You know what I wonder? So Byron Leftwich is a quarterback's coach. 
So you're going to get the quarterback with the longest windup in the NFL to teach fundamentals of quarterbacking? What the hell? The thing is, he was still successful despite that terrible windup, which makes me think that his mental game is strong. And oh, that's, that's probably a good why, call. That's probably why he's coaching. Because like, he looked like Sean Kemp trying to dunk a basketball when he'd throw <laughs> it. It was crazy. Because think about how far ahead you have to think if, you throw, if you're throwing if you motion. If you have like a three-second wind. Like, nope. if he's doing a five-step drop, he has to start his windup on step two. Do you if think he's going to fire it on step five? How long do you think uh, it is until David Garrard replaces <laughs> Myron Leftwich at quarterback's Whenever coach? Whenever it happens, it'll be in midseason. <laughs> uh, so here we go. You ready for this one, Kevin? You'll love this one. Rob Gronkowski's jokes about black yes. people, Jews, and masturbation caused the roast of David Ortiz to be pulled from television. What? I'm so glad that got pulled from television. And you know what? Sometimes you can judge a book by its cover. Rob Gronkowski, real American here. Well, right, right when we... Uh, right, I had that joke all planned. I was gonna, we we're not going to talk about it. Now we have to talk about it more. Uh, this is like good guy Ron Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski, and now he's bad guy Rob Gronkowski. No, he's just goofy. It's a he's it's, goofy, tall, doofy hey white guy. He's a doofy bro. I mean, what do you want? I anyway, just, I repeat. Sometimes you can judge a book by its cover. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, then Derek Carr. Uh, there's. No state tax in Nevada, so people are saying he's going to try to backload his contract to avoid state tax. Good for Do him. you agree with this? Yes. A++, 100%. <laughs> yeah. If it's within the law, do it. Oh, man, it's just silly to me. Here's like, the thing. Would the owners do the same thing if they could? Yes. Yes. Would you do the same thing if you could? Yeah. Hell yes. Uh, I don't know. I would. I work in California. I would just pay... I, I don't know. I'm making millions. Who cares? Like, I'm probably... If I'm making, like, $25 million a year, I'm probably trying to give away so much money. That you say, but people who but, make that money find ways to go broke. But, yeah, but the less people you who, get taxed, the more you can give away. A lot of people who make that money didn't work as a school teacher for all the years of their working <laughs> life so far, and don't understand like how garbage most people's lives are, and how like how much you could impact lives with twenty million dollars a year. Like I don't know. I maybe um maybe I'm uh, just uh, too altruistic, too uh, nice. At this point, I'd like to once again reiterate: the Bennett brothers are really awesome. Yeah, they did a lot of charity work, man. They do a ton of charity work. Uh, well, I mean, there's there's lots of rich people who are trying to give away money as fast as they can get it. Like, I appreciate those people. Uh, the let's see, that's um, that's about all I got. Uh, oh, Chiefs fire their GM. Yeah, I don't know. Who cares? I uh, mean, Andy Reid's making most of the make Andy Reid and uh, Pioli. Uh, Pioli. Yeah, it's Scott, it's Scott Pioli who makes all the decisions. So it's like yep. they fired this guy that they thought was a bad middleman, or maybe they needed someone who's a better, more of a cap guru. This like, is the discussion that we just had about Washington. Only if the franchise was run well. Um. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, NFLShop.com is selling a line of state pride license plates that shows the Redskins in Washington State. Yep. <laughs> Great. Right. Fantastic. And uh and that's the way the news goes, gentlemen. That the slow news week leads to slow news. Uh <laughs> That's I mean there's really that's You are a, a wordsmith, Nathan. There's really nothing else. I mean Tom Brady won NFL Net- Network rank and I could not agree more. There I mean fine. He's the he's the best player on the best team. Sure. I mean that's like I mean sure if we're, we're going to rank Can players. Can we give it to Belichick? Yeah, if we could give it to Hoodie. I mean, okay, here's... I give him best player. Hypothetical. (laughs) Hypothetical for you guys. If we redrafted all the players in the NFL in a redraft and the coaches, what... So 30 picks around. What round do you think Belichick gets picked in? 
first? First round. You think he gets picked in the first round? You think like some team towards the end of the first round takes like a flyer on him and then it's like, okay, we'll build the rest of the team around what Belichick wants to do? I think Belichick, Brady, four quarterbacks. I think maybe Pete Carroll all go in the first round. You think I, multiple coaches will go in the first round? I think, round. here's the thing. I think there are enough smart teams, smart people out there that realize you need a culture before you need a player. Oh, Otherwise, you have people like, like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kind of like all the teams have good enough talent, but they don't yes. have people uh, cultivating the talent or using the talent correctly. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I, I did that because I know how much you like to rag on them. But ultimately, they chose to get the Gus Bills. Bradley. They got they got Gus Bradley to get a culture after they'd already kind of tried to establish a team. And maybe Gus Bradley was or wasn't a good fit, but they just can't do it. They didn't they didn't put enough emphasis on it when it was important. Yeah, there's a there's some there's definitely something to just like trying to build out that great uh, like winning culture. A top pick in that type of draft, you want someone who is going to absolutely change the face of a franchise. Aaron Rodgers does that. Aaron Rodgers is the first pick. I, even at age what he, whatever he is. Yeah, but you'll get the and, first Super Bowl, or you should. And the, yeah, if barring, because barring he just will like just a, run your whole offense. Barring like a super big mess up, yeah, Aaron Rodgers should be the first pick. And then, yeah, and, I could see I players mean, Russ is like probably in the top five. To be honest, quarterbacks. A lot of quarterbacks will go. You'll get guys like uh, you're going to get ten quarterbacks. and at, Earl would end up going in the first round probably. because they run your defense for you. Yeah. Guys who can define a defense with their talent. Yep, and then JJ Watt. Maybe. Somebody would take JJ Watt first. Well, JJ Watt got hurt a lot. Someone probably picked Joey Bosa pretty high. I think Joey Bosa is like a going to be like a de- definitive talent in the next two years. I'd agree with I that. I was so surprised by how well he played last well, year. And Especially our, after our his pass rusher from uh, Denver. Will be going very high. Oh, Von overall. Miller. Yeah, Von sure. Miller's really high. You can high. build a defense around Von Miller. But for sure. in the same breath, Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick are two coaches that you can build a team around. Andy Reid would go in the second round. The th- here's the thing is, and I kind of because you know what you're getting. I think if you, I, I thought they would they would go kind of toward the end of the first round, and here's why: because at the end of the first round, you get this idea that you can then. It'll wheel back, right? Because you're gonna, you're doing obviously doing like one to thirty, yeah. and then and then thirty one. The thirtieth team will get the first pick of the second snake round, draft, yeah, like a snake draft, and that you can get another player really quick to kind of de- make a player coach line, yeah. Like this is our player, this is our coach. There's well, teams that wouldn't draft a coach at all. I bet there's well, teams that would draft, like if you got Aaron Rodgers like last pick, coach. you would just wait a long time and get a defensive coach. Yeah, get it like in the last round. Be like, and with our last pick, we pick Dom Capers because who cares. I don't know if anyone cares that little. Kevin's like, wait. We have standards here. (laughs) This is the NFL. All right. uh, That's just something I I thought about the other day, kind of a thought exercise. Um, Okay. So uh, let's talk about ways you can support the podcast. We show up in reviews on iTunes. Keep it up. Keep voting us five stars on iTunes. It makes me so happy that when I log in and it says, like, five stars, seven ratings. I'm like, oh, yeah, seven people. Literally weaved their way through the stupid iTunes store to give us five stars, which is like a more of a chore than I would You're ask. You're the real hero. People. Yeah, they spend 30 minutes. Thanks. Uh, so you can also support us via Patreon. During the regular season, we record two podcasts, one of which is Patreon exclusive, and it includes all of our picks for every NFL game. Last season, it was free, so you can check it out. It was called the NFL Quick Shot. That product will be moving over to be exclusively for our Patreon subscribers. Also, I will be reviving the Memorial hypothetical question of the week in that podcast so if you want to hear us just expound infinite on some weird hypothetical question like the olden days and i might even just use some of the same ones because i bet you there's tons of people you said our listener numbers are like 
five times higher than they and were. And don't go back and listen to old episodes. It's bad. You said it was a slow news week. That's big news, Nathan. Yeah, all right. So then, so that patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest is where you can check that out. And if you sign up at the $3 level, I mail you stickers. Uh, if you sign up at a level higher than that, I can also mail you some other stuff. Uh, don't think you have to give us $31 a month in perpetuity to get the stuff. You, you just get it and then just go down to the $1.24 level a month. That's really what we want. We want a hundred people giving us a dollar a month. That was our goal when we started. Yep. We're at we're one tenth of the way there. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, okay. If you consider the fact that there's some people that are giving us more than a dollar, we're actually like two two one fifth of the way there. So yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, also, talk uh, talk back with us on Twitter. We can be found on Twitter as at Seahawks Nest, and uh, we got a Twitter response from our friend from. Uh, Where's the UK? Yeah, was from Glastonshire. Uh, Glastonhall. I don't remember. Oh man, uh, I feel so, so bad right now because <laughs> I like. I was like, I should write this down before the podcast starts, and I was like, Nope, I'm too stupid. So, so it's not. It's not your fault that really I'm quickly, as promised. Shout out to both the Argentinian twelfth man contingency as well as our brethren across the pond in the UK. Yes. Thank you very much for our UK Hawks. I know that there is a rather uh, a, a sizable and mighty. Seahawks fan contingency. It's, it's, we love you guys. Uh, we also hope that the Seahawks don't go okay, play in London. Like, Sorry, it's like no the, It's like that sauce that you put in your burgers. But Worcestershire? Yeah, but it, but I mean, if you really look at that wire, it looks like Worcestershire, yeah. <laughs> which is why I got confused, I think. And, uh, that's 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 a good sauce though. If that's from it's that's, that's from this city in England. Dang, they did a good job on that. It makes the burgers taste good. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, I'm a, flavor. Thank you to all the flavor enhancers in the UK. I right. think that's where we're going with this. Well, welcome behind the curtain for this edition <laughs> of Seahawks Nest Movie Club. We are going to see Baby Driver in about forty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Baby Driver, Edgar Wright's new film. It features many car chases, and I thought it'd be fun. If we went ahead and talked about what are our favorite car chase scenes in any movie ever. And I thought, like, oh, we could talk about a car chase movie. But no matter what movie I thought to bring up, I was like, there's a chance that none of us have seen this movie in a really long time. So then I was like, maybe I'll watch The Italian Job, 1969, and we'll talk about that. <laughs> and I got and I watched the movie, and I was like, this movie's terrible. And I, I, I mean that in the nicest possible way. I kind of love what they were doing, and the car action in that movie is so good. But the, the actual movie... I'm, like it ends on a literal cliffhanger where there's a truck hanging off a cliff, yep. and it's just like, I hate this. I, I like, I was like, I was like almost turned back around because like the end of the movie with all the action and stuff is so cool, and, and I was like, stomp on your and, then, and, the then they, and then they had a cliffhanger, and I was like, nope, I hate it again. And Michael Caine's legitimately <laughs> good in that movie, but yeah. he's like yeah, the but only the, good Michael part Caine. of the movie. In the first thirty minutes of the movie, there are three scenes. Where, okay, this is a G-rated movie. Let me start with that. This is a G. Uh, that's because it was before PG existed. I understand that. And PG thirteen. This, this should have been an R-rated movie because in the, there are three <laughs> scenes in the first like I don't know thirty minutes of the movie where he is having sex with with multiple partners. <laughs> it is just heavily implied that he's like having he has like three girls over and they all run out of his house in their underwear. It's like that's why it's the best Disney movie there is. <laughs> anyway, I like the new Italian job better. If you'd like to tell me why I'm wrong, please send me an email. All right. Uh, let's talk about our favorite car chase scenes, though. Kevin, did you, I, I kind of gave you like a like I messaged you earlier, so this is not on the totally on the fly. Is there a car chase movie or car chase scene that really sticks out in your mind? Is like, hey, I really love this this car chase. So I think you're gonna go with the one that we talked about. No, you can go ahead, take whatever you want. I, so I, I have a I different came up with one six. I want to bring up. I came up with six, so you can so go. With I'm gonna bring up a really off the radar scene. Okay. So. There's a Tom Cruise vehicle from the early 90s 
that I found to be quite enjoyable. Are you talking about Days of Thunder? I'm talking about Days of Thunder. <laughs> and specifically, there's a scene that I find amazing in Days of Thunder. And that is the scene where he and Rowdy Burns uh, are racing to the track in their rental cars. And it is a completely ridiculous car scene because they are they're trading paint the entire way there's a scene where they drive up a beach and are constantly bashing back and forth and this is in like a 91 Taurus and like a Buick LeSabre or something this is not in any high powered vehicle this is a scene that many people probably wouldn't think of in a okay movie but if you ever want to see something ridiculous, you should look up the uh, competitive car scene that takes place off the racetrack in the movie Days of Thunder. I had totally right. forgotten about that, Kevin. Movies that, you, that's a I ridiculous scene. I applaud you. It was either that or the ridiculous like carnage scene with all the mon- with all the semi trucks from Smoking the Bandit too. But I just couldn't go with it. Uh, Nathan, may may I go? Yeah, go ahead, Eric. Hit us. I'm going to go pretty obvious to those that are uh, fans of, of old film. I'm going to go with Bullet. Bullet? With good old Steve McQueen. I would say we would be remiss if we did not bring up something from Bullet. The uh, Streets of San There's Francisco. Yeah, it's a, here's the thing. It's, it's the culmination of the movie. Yeah, and it's a it's slow like a downhill build. roller skating scene from uh, Airborne. Airborne. Yes. <laughs> Kevin and I love Airborne. We're going we're gonna to do Airborne one of these days, Nathan. Uh, Airborne? That movie's horrible. That movie's That's great. why we're going to do it. Don't rewatch it. Then I own it. I rewatched it within the last year. Oh, gross. You have, you have no taste in movies. <laughs> okay, anyway, back to, back to a, a true piece of film classic bullet with uh, Steve McQueen. Yeah, it's it's his amazing Mustang going down the streets of San Francisco, losing hubcaps. Uh, I don't know how many cars they wrecked doing this. They had to close streets in San Francisco. If you've ever been to San Francisco, and you can imagine... A car chase scene happening there. Having never seen Bullet, I suggest you just go on YouTube and watch this. Watch Bullet. It's a fine film, but really, it's it's all about this one chase scene, and ugh, it's I can't. It leaves me speechless. It's that I think it's the best best car chase in movie history. All right, and uh, so I have I there's lots of things I thought about the the, the I think we should do another whip around. The I have scene, no problem with the that. scene in fast, the scene in Fast Five where they're dragging the safe behind the cars is a great one. Uh, the scenes this. Like the car chases in Ronin or the French Connection, just any of them. You could just oh, take your pick. Any Ronin. the Bourne movies always have really good car chases. Yeah. <laughs> I think bringing up Mad Max is worthwhile, and especially Fury Road. Fury Road had some excellent, really neat car chase scenes. The in original it. one had some good car scenes because mm-hmm. that was kind of all they had the budget to do. Yeah, James Bond in the history of James Bond movies, they've done some ridiculous stuff where like where they did the spiral off the bridge over the over the oh, yeah. river or the one where the car was on the side through the alleyway like or just some of the mountain chase scenes right. or of course the uh the speedboat chase yeah. or the is, or the, where the they take the lotus elise that goes can go underwater that, yes that thing is cool too you know elon musk owns that anyway uh <laughs> so you know there's lots there's lots of things you could think about when you're like what's the greatest car chase scene but the one i think i like the best is the one from the blues brothers <laughs> That's <laughs> so good. Where they start to Illinois the mo- Nazis. He's on a mission. They're on a mission from God, and then you know they gotta get through the mall and all. There's just all this cra- just crazy stuff happens in this car chase. The music is good. Yeah, it's just it's just an all around solid car chase. It's fun. Uh, like I don't know. I fe- and I I feel like it hits like the right like actiony and both comedic risks that a movie like that would need to pull off. So I don't know. I um I like that one. That's my that's my favorite. I think of all time. 
That's an excellent choice, and I didn't go with another one because I thought you were going to do it. So All I'm right. going to double back on Ronan. Ronan. So okay. we talked about Ronan. There are two chase scenes. Yep. There's the one in Nice and the one in Paris, yeah. and they are both great for different reasons. So the first one, for those of you who remember the plot of the movie, is uh, at the point in time in which they are attempting to uh, intercept, I want to say it's the Russian mob's payout. Yeah. It involves blowing up a car with a rocket launcher, and then just a really cool chase scene through the mountains down into the town. A really, really good scene that ends in a climactic shootout. But I actually like the car chase scene in Paris better. Yeah, the France one is. I think the France one is definitively like the one. It's the one people like say like the other one is flashier, but this other one is better. Like people say this is a better. It's tighter. It, it's just the way they directed it, so it's good. What I love about it is, it's one of the few chase scenes in a movie where, aside from cars exploding too easily. It actually plays out like a chase scene. They're not pulling out these ridiculous weapons or anything like that. It is trying to cut through traffic, trying to screw up other drivers so they get in the other person's way. It is just a, like, raw, dirty car chase. And the driving in that scene is excellent. They tried to get a, 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 like a, like less clean film feel by using uh handheld cameras a lot and stuff like that they i i actually know a lot about this movie because i think like it has some of the most well shot action sequences of any movie oh, out there the planning sequences um, when he exposes the one guy as a fraud and everything yeah the, i ambushed you with a cup of coffee <laughs> yeah the the ronin's a cool movie like you know it's about seven like like you know cold war spies who don't really have jobs anymore so they're like modern day ronin you know yep. like they really are like the, they're samurais without jobs and they they get together to get a briefcase for like a mysterious guy, and I mean that's the that's the plot that sets them off. And I'll be honest, there are parts of this movie that are so I don't know, it's it's it barely holds together. It's sometimes. a '90s movie, it but does. it has yeah. Jane Reno, and it has and it, and it has, has Bob De Niro, like and and Bob De Niro like trying, pre, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> De Niro stopped trying around 2005. When did Meet the Parents come yeah, out? Exactly. That's when he just stopped. Well, I mean, I think even the Meet the Parents, he did a good job in that. That movie. was his last. That was like, try. but then he like he was like, wait, I could have not tried and done almost as good, and then yep. it, that was and it was all downhill from there. Um, so it's yeah, like fat chunk. Uh, I will uh, bring one more up, Eric. Yeah, I'll just I'll go quick uh, since we're talking James Bond. No one brings this movie up for anything. The opening sequence in Quantum of Solace yeah. okay. is a car chase scene. It's because uh, that movie sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 got its Timothy Dalton moments. I'll say that uh, it's it's a fine it's a fine chase scene at the beginning, and it wrecks a really nice car or three. Oh, and really quickly, uh, in honor of the movie we're doing tonight, the uh, scene in Hot Fuzz. With the car, uh, when he has that crappy car at the very end, and I was, he, I was like, when he stops and picks up the goose. Yes. Um, <laughs> the one, one, uh, one more uh, thing. I think people, if you want to see a, co- a cool car chase for a movie you haven't seen yet, and if you have seen this movie, please send me a message. I would love to talk to you about. It. But the Raid Two and it has a really cool car chase scene in it, and the Raid and the Raid Two are both like modern action like they're throwback style action movies that were made in the modern era i highly recommend both of them so uh yep do you guys have anything else you want to say or you want to get off to the movies i think we need to head to our movie let's go yeah all right so for eric ronabek for kevin garber i'm nathan santo and to the person in tokyo japan who gave us 40 downloads this week why why arigatou gozaimasu <laughs> we, but we love you all right see ya
I ambushed you with a coffee. <laughs> 